Hello, I am Joe DeProspero, and I'm joined by David Brown, Principal, KPMG Advisory, and Marcus Murph, Principal, KPMG CIO Advisory. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. So to frame the conversation here before we get started, given the disruptions we've seen across virtually everything IT over the last 20 years, it's remarkable that managed services, at least uh, as they are typically defined, have largely remained unchanged. The implications of that inertia for IT today are significant. As currently structured, managed services are one of the greatest impediments to digital transformation. Uh, They're fundamentally designed to prevent organizations from realizing modernization goals. So my first question here, so that leads to my first question. Let's kick things off with the elephant in the room. Marcus, uh, your perspective is that managed services are one of the greatest impediments of digital transformation, as noted. I can imagine that's not a hugely popular idea with service providers, but let's unpack what you mean for your listeners. I think what we're challenging our clients to look at is the is rethinking how they leverage managed services. And, and what we're getting at is there's a natural disincentive for traditional managed services providers and digital transformation. And a lot of that is wound up in our managed services providers generally have a tremendous number of people managing some number of devices, functions, workloads, or applications. But at the same time, IT as a function is really trying to head to this world of modern IT, which looks like agility, efficiency, automation. And as IT organizations become more successful in that, ostensibly they're going to need um, less people. So, so what I see is there's there's a there's a conflict between the incentives of um, IT leaders and CIOs wanting to build a highly efficient IT function, and managed services providers trying to maintain the revenue that they have with their large clients. And if, you know, maybe an example of that is if you just begin to think about transforming what we would think of as application development from old school waterfall, scrum fall, you know, the, as we move to a highly efficient development function, we don't need managed services to, to build and deploy apps in the same way. And therefore, they kind of lack this idea of becoming efficient because efficiency might mean less people, might mean less revenue. And what we really are trying to call attention to is it's beginning, we need to begin to unpack this conflict between the incentives, between historical managed services uh, that are provided and, and where IT is really trying to go in the future. Yeah, Marcus, I would agree with you completely that what we're really trying to do is draw the differences between what has been historically a traditional transaction outsourcing provider to somebody that is going to be more of a transformational partner throughout a journey with our clients as they go through digital transformation. What that means is, you've already articulated well, that that new service provider model needs to be more Um, Agile needs to be more flexible, not just within their staffing, but within their terms of their agreements. And quite frankly, I I envision this moving away from these longer, you know, three, five, ten-year type of traditional outsourcing agreements to be a much more shorter time frame with more base um, outcome-based pricing, as well as flexible enhancements to to the contracts. Great. So David, staying with you, no one can dispute the benefits of outsourcing, predictable costs, talent with difficult to find skills. What changed? Yeah, it's a great question. And I know a lot of um, people are going to be asking the, the question, 
why are you guys driving this as uh, another outsourcing is dead conversation? Well, what we're really saying is it's the next evolution of this industry. There's a step change that's happening here. And what you're referring to when you talk about predictable costs, the five nines, the quality, the client experiences, those are becoming table stakes. Everybody has those into their contracts today. And we're not talking about actually going away from that. Those are going to be needed going forward. What we're really talking about is the pivot to being able to provide enhanced services throughout that journey of this digital transformation. And again, we're not saying that outsourcing is dead. We're saying that this, this industry has to change to keep up with the pace of change that CIOs are demanding today. If they don't, that's where we see the, is this inhibitor for service providers to be able to provide a more transformational uh, mindset in the future. And that's not just, again, about terms. That's just about capabilities as well. Okay, so Marcus, uh, according to a recent KPMG CIO survey, 47% of respondents indicated that the pandemic permanently accelerated digital transformation, but only a third of CIOs said the organizations were effective in using digital technologies to advance business strategy. Uh, what do you make of this? What do you think that is? I think there are a few things going on here. Um, the first, which is relatively self-evident, is the pandemic has made this a priority. The day after you told people not to come to work and for your customers to interact with you either remotely or very differently, you know, business leaders learned very quickly how digitally enabled and how, frankly, connected their business was. And creating this priority uh, around digital transformation but if we just think for a moment historically about the function of IT, of the role of, C of CIOs and IT leaders, there has historically been a, a disconnect between business strategy and technology strategy. Oftentimes, you know, technology is, is, is a couple levels abstracted from business strategy. And that is something that we're fundamentally seeing change now which is there really is no business strategy without technology strategy because it's in a, it's significantly and abundantly enabled by technology. And so you're, you're seeing a bit of a, a pretty significant change from perhaps the role of IT in the past to the role of IT now. But also some of this is wound up in just the, the role and the value of the CIO within an enterprise. You know, I talk to many clients who they, they view their CIO more as someone that's responsible for managing the back office and not a digital leader. And I don't think we're going to be successful with these significant digital investments that we're making if our CIOs don't become the digital leader. They don't become part of the conversation. And that is one of the most common conversations I'm having with IT leaders and CIOs right now is, is a bit of this idea of getting back into the boardroom and getting out of the back office and being seen as someone that is is a part of the agenda. They're both driving some of the agenda, enabling the business to achieve their their outcomes and their agenda as well. And there, so you're also, in addition to this 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 change in the role of IT, this there's a there's a change in the role of the CIO as well going on right now in the marketplace. Marcus completely agree with the role of the CIO is changing and needs to change to be able to drive this, you know, more of the business strategies. And, you know, one of the things that 
I love surveys and I love facts. The delta here between 47% of respondents that want to accelerate digital transformation, but only a third of the CIOs have, some of the things you mentioned definitely contribute to that. But one other stat that we find interesting with some other third-party research we've done is that over 50% of an IT operations is, is outsourced to a third party. And in some cases, we're talking about some of these legacy type of outsourcing engagements or contracts that prohibit that acceleration because of the points we've made earlier about the uh, reduction in revenues or the change in the contract that you know, is is not favorable for third parties that they don't want to do. So I think that there is an opportunity here for CIOs to step into that strategy type role mindset. But to do that, they need to take a look at their existing third parties agreements and to see what needs to change in them so that they can actually execute on those operations and, and those strategies that they want to put in place. Great, thanks. So cloud solutions, of course, are built for agility and continuous innovation. David, does that mean then that the cloud has made managed services obsolete? Not at all. We need to redefine services and managed services. But just as important, we need to educate our clients on the support model that's required when moving to the cloud. You know, just because we have your ERP in the cloud doesn't mean that you would not require any maintenance or enhancements to those. You know, you know, and with increased frequency of upgrades that we're seeing and moving to the cloud, that's increasing testing capabilities. It also in, means that we've got to have additional capacity to be able to provide that, which means additional resources or different types of resources than what many clients have planned. And again, it, it gets back to having a managed services strategy, which usually means a third-party strategy to be able to support that. So if anything, I see that this is, again, another reason why we're, we're saying that we need to see a change in this industry to be able to support solutions like cloud solutions in this digital transformation. So given this increased burden, uh, it's clear that the demand for managed services hasn't lessened, but rather that it's morphed. And it sounds that with such seismic shifts, ITOs might not be best suited for the journey. Uh, is that accurate, David? Absolutely. If you hear what Marcus was just referring to, it is that there needs to be a transformation or an evolution within the ITO service providers. But um, when, when I think about it, it's, it's looking at that modern managed services providers, you know, that, that will become successful in this place, are looking at things holistically. So again, I go back to the, there are table stakes that over the last couple decades that these service providers have been have been providing all along, you know, that I'll say constant cost structure, the quality of, of the five nines, that client experience that um, they're driven off of the service levels, all of those are, are what is core or base. Um, and, it, and it shouldn't be seen as a differentiator, it just should be a, a must have. What we need to start seeing in, in this digital transformation is that that effective um, partner is going to be able to drive a very different outcome uh, than they've done in the past. So again, I, I want to make sure very clear what I'm saying is there is 
a change that needs to happen. And there are uh, many of the service providers out there today that are very well suited to be able to do this at scale, but they have to not abandon what's their table stakes. That's, that's given, but they have to be able to morph into this flexibility model and being able to service the ever-changing demands that are coming and have been coming for quite some time for, for their clients. And that's just, it's a different mind shift change than what has been instilled in them for a couple of decades now. So yes, Dave, I agree. You know, I, I'm keying on those those words is ITO best suited. And and what I would say to that is I absolutely believe they can be, but they they need to change their thinking. You know, the role of ITO in so many respects has been very stable for at least two decades. They manage data centers, they manage servers, they manage devices and networks and storage arrays. And and so often the value that the enterprise bestows upon ITO is is seen through those that lens, the lens of what they they actually the, the, all these devices they're managing, or even worse, oftentimes, if you're outside of IT, you might not even understand the value of ITO. And I think this is the pivot that needs to happen, which is ITOs need to begin to look at what they do as we enable technology quickly and at scale. And as we think about the the world we're headed to, which is a highly cloud-based uh, infrastructure world, that is what they're going to do. They need to enable the enterprise to uh, move quickly. They need to provide technology compute, data storage, and infrastructure services very fast, and they need to do it at scale. And if that pivot occurs, I would say they'd be very well suited for the shift we're talking about here. Well, David Marcus, thanks so much for all you've shared so far. As we close out, any any parting thoughts, anything else you'd want to share with our listeners that you haven't yet? Marcus, starting with you. What I, as I, as I reflect on what we've talked about today, you know, one thing that's very clear as I talk to IT leaders and CIOs, and, and we see it, frankly, in our own business, the talent war is very real. And it is perhaps as tough a battle as it's been in a very long time. And that is even more so true when we begin to talk about technology talent. And then let's bring back this idea of the large, very successful global managed services providers. The reality is they have a tremendous amount of talent. But how we begin, how we leverage that talent in the future is what's changing. But it doesn't change that they have talent. And this is really where I, you know, I'm beginning to challenge my clients to just, as we think about this idea of the pivot and the shifts going on in managed services, you can't deny that there's talent. And, and we can't deny that it's very hard to get talent right now because of this, uh, this war that's going on for finding great people. Marcus, that's a great point. You know, as I look at the modern IT managed service um, direction that the firms need to go, talent is clearly the top of the list. And, and your articulation of that the industry, especially the ITOs, have that talent, it's what are they doing with it? You know, are they actually establishing uh, career pathing into skills and solutions that each of our clients are asking for now? Or quite frankly, they're not asking for yet because they're looking at uh, down the road and in the future for those. That's what I would I would challenge clients today, our, our clients today, to talk with their service providers, the ITOs, the consultants, to see who's really to effectively managing that talent pool for the future. 
and then to see how that stacks up and has the right attributes to really be their journey partner on this digital transformation of the future. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. I want to thank you so much for your time and your insights today. It's been very helpful. And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in, and we'll connect with you again on a future episode of Advice Worth Keeping.